You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to listen and talk. Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It's a big, bold, beautiful day here. Join our party next, right here, right now. Tune in. Did you know that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors? You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive votes to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at bethestarur.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.bethestarur.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. Everyone faces conflict at home, at work, in the community, in the world. Fix Your Conflicts is a show about how to fix those conflicts with practical tips and techniques. Doug Knoll brings to the Internet airwaves the first of its kind, a show that teaches peaceful resolution to life's daily battles. That's Fix Your Conflicts with Doug Knoll, broadcasting live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Studio A. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to Radio's finest hour of power. It is party time. We are here to celebrate life. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth success coach where we bring you the authors and experts every week to help you jumpstart your life, pump your energy, and help you love, learn, laugh, and listen. Up first will be Mort Zachter with his first remarkable memoir called Doe, which talks about growing up poorly rich. And then Pulitzer Prize winner Robert Olin Butler returns in segment two with his newest book of stories called Intercourse, and I will just let you imagine what that involves. And in T for Two, Heather Brittany and I will talk about birth order. Doesn't matter where you are in the lineup, you'll have to stay with us to find out. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting a private consultation over the phone or in person, call 925-377-7827. And this is by Helen Keller. No pessimist ever discovered the secrets of the stars or say, 
sealed to an enchanted land or opened a new heaven in the human spirit. And as James Allen would say, two men looked out through prison bars. One saw mud, the other stars. So it's all about how you look on life. And our purpose in providing you this show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the writer, the producer, the director, and the star of your show. We want you to smile, have fun, and be willing to take those risks and be wild and wacky. We want you to read books. Sometimes you might not have heard of them. I am the author of four bestsellers, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Be the Star You Are, Business of Show Business and Miracle Moments, and I am dedicating to exposing you to other great authors who really, really make a difference, make us laugh, make us think, make us sigh. So sit back, enjoy the show, and remember my motto, to be a leader, you must be a reader. And this show is brought to you through the charity Be The Star You Are. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org, empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy. Well, when Mark Zachter was a boy growing up in a tenement in Brooklyn, he slept on a dinette with his head near the refrigerator. His parents were poor, but not as poor, at least as he thought, as his two uncles who lived in a housing project working seven days a week from early in the morning till midnight at the Ninth Street Bakery. A phone call one night when he was a little older that was meant for his father changed everything. Mort shares his story of fortune in his memoir, Doe. Welcome, Mort, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? I enjoyed your book so much, as I know that millions of people are as well, because how many secrets we all might have lying in our family's closets. Yeah, when I go give readings and I meet people, they all line up and start to tell me about their uncle or their father or their mother who had quite a few secrets, too, and some of them are financial and some of them aren't. Well, it's really interesting, though, because your whole life you grew up really believing that you had to make do with very little. And in your memoir, though, you ask yourself, this question, which I keep asking, too, and I, know, I don't know if there's an answer to it, is really what kind of person would let you live as a pauper, would themselves live as a pauper, when they were millionaires? I mean, what was the pur- purpose of amassing all these millions? Have you discovered the answer in these last few years and I, going I through addicts and, you know, kind of reconciling with yourself and with your family what they were doing? I, I think ultimately... Um there was a lot of issues involving Depression-era mentality. Uh, they were immigrants. My grandparents and, and my two uncles had been born in Russia, and there's a certain uh, immigrant mentality, especially if they're Russian immigrants at that time, where if you have a lot, you don't want to really let people know because then who knows, the czar might come and get you. And also uh, a lot of pathos uh, there, too, as well, when you accumulate a, a fairly significant sum of money. Uh, I guess, as you say, there's no real answer, but in terms of what the benefit was for me, I always wanted to be a writer. I became a CPA. Later, I went to law school at night for four very long years and started to practice tax law or estate planning. And then this 
uh, my life changed, and uh, I was able to stop doing that and write, and the result is this memoir, Doe. And it's so exciting because you're actually living your dream because of your two miserly uncles. So let's talk about the premise of your book. When you actually will start backwards and move and then go back to the front, because I really do like the way that you formatted the book and you talk about in your afterward and in and all your uh, thoughts about the book and on how many rewrites you did and the different people that helped you find it and how you kind of took the middle and made it begin at the beginning. But the, the basic story is that you were growing up in Brooklyn, as you said, your family were immigrants uh, from Russia. You had these two uncle, uh, Joe and Uncle Harry, that were your sister's brother, who never married. One was the inside man, one was the outside man, and they ran the Ninth Street, uh, Street Bakery. And they worked every single day from early in the morning till at least midnight. And your mom gave up a school teaching job in order to help them out, for which she was never paid anything, although she knew they had millions. Right. They, she got um, bread and she got cakes. Uh, she got bread and cake. Um, it, it's, you know, when I first um, sent the early chapters of this to different literary agents and, and the feedback was, that, um, well, they said it doesn't seem to be a book that's really um, hard enough. You, you have a soft, gentle manner. This is a quiet, charming book. Uh, and I said, well, um, that's the way I'm writing it. And they, they said, you have to really write it as nonfiction because no one would believe this book if it was fiction, um, basically. Well, in, you know, I, they always say that nonfiction is actually m- greater than fiction. The stories, it's like, well, how could you come up with this? So your Uncle Harry, it turns out, he had kind of, being the outside man, he wasn't only making deliveries of himself, of the bread, he was making deliveries of himself and, and having some rather um, fun activities. Right. He, he definitely, even though he gave the impression when I was a kid, I thought uh, he really wasn't all that... Uh, had much of a life. He apparently made some stops here and kept himself happy uh, in terms of he must have had some lady friends. But the other brother, Joe, who is the inside man who would have preferred to be a more religious person in, in synagogue, um, it's a Jewish family, we're Jewish, um, he was uh, in the store selling the bread, and uh, his description of his younger brother was, uh, he's the boss and I'm the horse. Yes, so. the boss and the horse. Uh, you know, one of the things that caught me when you and your mom and your aunts and were all cleaning out their house after they had died, or their apartment, their tenement apartment, and it was such a mess. I mean, I can only imagine it, and I do look forward to the movie more. I think it'd be great, and you do have to have Woody Allen in there. I think he would be great as one of the brothers. But was the fact that they truly were, had a disease, I think, of hoarding, because you made it clear that they had opened bank accounts at many, many different banks just to get the free gift, which they never opened. It was still boxed. That's right. When, when I went through their apartment, there were, were must have been about 100 unopened boxes. Some of them were even older than I am, and I'm, I'm now 50 years old, that had never been opened because in the 1950s and 60s when you open up a bank account, shows you how times have changed, the banks gave you this gift, Tupperware, 
depending on how much you deposited. And it was actually a toaster. A very, I remember the toasters. Right, the toasters and the carving knives. And on one hand, it's it's extremely humorous to see that. On the other hand, it's also very sad that it's a kind of symbolic of of the life that they could have lived. Well, I, I was very sad, actually, because thinking when you found out it was $6 million, you know, plus in stocks, bonds, and money markets, to think that they wore the same clothes over and over again, as you said, it was still from uh, the Roosevelt days. Right. They right. never celebrated anything. When you were personally struggling to get through school, and then you and your wife, Nerit, were attempting to have children, and you really needed the money, and you'd taken out mortgage after mortgage, you know, your uncle offered you, what, two silver dollars yeah, and that's said right. you need money? I mean, they could have helped you. They could have saved you. You know, not that you needed to be saved, but what a wonderful thing. They could have helped you through this and let you be a writer sooner, although maybe we wouldn't have had this wonderful memoir called Doe. Right, right. I, I think a lot of writers would probably give their, their uh, right arm, uh, they type this with their left to have a kind of story like this fall on their laps, and I realized that. And um, I think in tune with going with your show, I think it, as well as the remarkable story of they hoarded all this money and kept it secret, and then I, I found out about it when I was 36 years old, said after I started to write this, the manuscript was rejected many, many times, and I just kept working at it. So, so you were it, perseverant because, right. first of all, one of the things that they gave you was they gave you the gift of time, didn't they, because right. you now had money. Right. I, I, my great luxury in life, I myself am, am, my great luxury is that I have the time now to write. I drive a Honda, and actually I have a nephew who dresses very well. He's about 30, and he's the same size as me, and he always gives me his hand-me-downs. So oh, good. There, there well, you know, that was going to be that. my next question more is, you know, having grown up where you had to pinch every single penny and had zero luxuries, you know, nothing, has it been hard for you to indulge yourself a little? Uh, how is it with your own children and your wife? I mean, what has really changed for you other than you can, you know, you got to quit being an accountant and being an attorney, right. uh, but it took you a few years, and you can focus on writing. But are you, are you able to take some great vacations? Do you have a nice house? I mean, are you enjoying your, you know, your winning, so to speak? Yes, yes. I have a very nice house. Um, Thankfully, I have a good wife who, who makes sure that I don't fall into any of my uncle's habits. Um, and we've had lovely vacations going to Disney World with the kids. And um, I probably spoil my kids more than I should. And every once in a while, my wife and I treat ourselves to a luxury. And, and a number of years back for a special anniversary, I surprised her and we went to Paris on the Concorde. Oh, that is a oh! I'm so glad you did that because that's not in existence anymore. That's right. It's a very special memory, and it's a wonderful memory. It's one of those things that you know you say to yourself, "Darn it! I wish I had gone on the Concord." So I'm so glad you did. How was it? It was it was really amazing. Um, not only the speed of getting there, but the service was wonderful, and just to see this dial up in the front of the airplane, and it was going. Um, Point seven, point eight, one point two, one point three. Finally got to two point zero and stayed there. 
And my wife and I first thought it was the clock timing how long the trip was, but in reality, that was the Mach speed we were at. Once they got to Mach of two, they kind of leveled off and stayed there. That was Honey, very amazing. You couldn't amazing. feel it? Very you couldn't cool. tell the difference? Uh, you didn't really feel it. Yeah. On takeoff, it was much more powerful than a normal jet, but once you were up in the air, it was no different than a normal um, jet engine. That is thrilling. Well, hopefully one of these days we'll have fast, fast speeds again and even faster because I know probably like most people, you know, I, I love to travel, but I hate the part of trying to get there with all the hassles. I want to push a button on my body and just go zoom. Right. So nice. back to your memoir, Doe. It was—it's been a surprise bestseller. You know, be, people are really excited about it, and even thoughts of making a movie. Which wouldn't that be the best? I really cracked up. Of of uh, was it your grandmother that said that she wanted my mother? -in -law, your mother my wants mother -in -law. Julia Roberts. Right, she's she's um, was eighty at the time, and she um, was ill with cancer, and she said she wanted to live long enough to see the filming of the movie, and it was very important to her because exactly right, she wanted to make sure that Julia Roberts got her part right, <laughs> and her daughter, my wife, isn't too much different because she suggested to me uh, that Scarlett Johansson play her part, and I told her that would be no problem, but in that case, I would play myself. Exactly. I, I really laughed when <laughs> I could just see you at the casting, you know, at the casting call saying, okay, I'm casting myself. Scarlett's got the role here of Nurit, so I get to play, I get to play Mort. <laughs> Now, uh, to the what has happened? Uh, I know the bakery has sold, and though you still frequent it, what has happened to the whole family dynamics now? Your parents knew about this all their money for so long, but your dad, even though he never, you know, was paid anything either, he never asked for anything as well. Have your parents? Uh, I hope they're living a happier life now. Um. They are happy in terms of, they're very happy that I found myself in terms of the writing and that the book has been this mild success. And But in terms of their own day-to-day -day lives, that hasn't changed all that much, even um, all these years later, unfortunately. They're probably comfortable just the way they are. They're comfortable just the way they are. You can't really change them, and I gave up trying. Right, right. Well, more like what lessons are there in this for your children and for other people that you, you know, you would like to get out there? Because obviously we all have crazy families, and we all have to learn to accept our crazy families. But I'll tell you, had I been in your shoes, I would have been pretty angry knowing what what could have been and came rather late. I, Has, have you really reconciled any, or did you have any anger over it? Yes, I had anger about this, um, and it basically took me a number of years to work it through. But um, writing the book in that sense, people say writing a book is like therapy. In a way, for me, it was. But I've worked all that through. I think if there's any lesson to this book, it's the one of forgiveness, that this is your family, this is your flesh and blood, however crazy they are, and it doesn't make any sense to think about what could have been. And, because uh, you can't actually, go back and change it, can you? No, you can't. And I actually met up with a cousin that I hadn't seen in years and years since the book was published, and he said to me, Mort, I wonder if you would have be so forgiving if the money hadn't come to you, if let's say they left it all to charity. And it's an interesting question. Uh, and I think the answer would be, to some extent, I probably wouldn't be as happy, but ultimately I think the lesson of forgiveness would come in. 
Well, I think the fact that you wrote the book, whether or not you got the money, if you could have written, you know, had the leisure to write the book, which is what you've always wanted to do. Right. You always wanted to be a writer and major right. in English and all of that. But your parents wanted you to be a CPA, right? Do something right. Right. useful. And then, you know, you went on and actually became an attorney on top of that. So it might have come around to that, but it sure makes it sweeter to know that you've got the dough with the dough, right? Yes. It's, and it's, the title is perfect. I'm huge on one-word titles. Uh, and... I think that this was just a, a great title, and I know that your wife had come up with From Doe to Doe, and so right. the, the, the cover says it all. Right. Thank you. Well, let's give out your website so people can get copies of the book. Um, you can go to my website, www.mort, M-O-R-T, Zachter, Z-A-C-H-T-E-R, at msn.com. Mort Zachter at msn.com. MortZachter.com. That's the other's my email. But right, www.mortzachter.com. Okay, MortZachter.com. Mort, thanks for being a guest on Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll look forward to your next writing. Thank you. Stay Cynthia. with us. More to come when Robert Owen Butler comes back. We're going to be talking intercourse. Stay with us. If that voice keeps calling you. Choices in your heart. Then.